all I ever wanted was stability and family and a solid home. And I just felt this deep knowing in my heart that if I got this house, I would get all of that too. And that's why when we finally got the house, we were finally moved in. We had all the furniture in place and everyone came to see us, loved the house. They did all the oohs and the ahs. I could not figure out why I was so deeply unsatisfied. Hey there, I'm Renee, a former shopping addict turned minimalist mindset guru. In three years, I went from totally broke and burnt out to debt-free minimalist. Learning to simplify every area of my life, both inside and out, saved my marriage, gave me the time back to live my life how I wanted to, and allowed me to love myself like never before. Looking back, the only thing I wish I had had was a friend to share the journey with me. That is my hope for the Unstuffed Podcast. This is a place where you can shake off the need to people please and show up as your authentic self, even if you're still wearing yesterday's sweatpants. Think of this as a standing coffee date with an old friend whose only job is to hear you out, hype you up, remind you that you are already enough and doesn't mind if your house is a mess. Let's keep this simple. Life is complicated enough. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hey there, it's me, Renee. Welcome back to the Unstuffed Podcast. Today's podcast, I have um, kind of written out in like story form. And so I'm just going to dive right into that. Um, Yeah, let's do this. What went wrong? What went wrong? I remember thinking this over and over again, replaying these types of thoughts in my head. After we moved into our dream house in our dream neighborhood, the one we drove by over and over and over again and said how perfect it would be to live there, to have a house there, I truly believed it would feel like a giant wave of satisfaction, like I had finally made it. I believed it would bring me this sense of home, of completion, and that for the rest of my life, I would feel certainty and stability because I had secured a stable, beautiful home in a good neighborhood with a man that I loved and beautiful, healthy children. So much. I mean, like who doesn't have that hope or that dream for themselves? And it makes sense why I had it. Being a girl who grew up partially in a trailer park and bounced between houses and parents for most of my life, it makes sense that I craved that stability. All I ever wanted was stability and family and a solid home. And I just felt this deep knowing in my heart that if I got this house, I would get all of that too. And that's why when we finally got the house, we were finally moved in. We had all the furniture in place and everyone came to see us, loved the house. They did all the oohs and the ahs. I could not figure out why I was so deeply unsatisfied. I started reading books on spirituality by accident, um, mainly because Tom and I were barely speaking uh, to each other shortly after we moved into our dream house. You know, he felt this pressure into buying the house, which I would say was partially his own guilt for not wanting to own up to his part in buying and partially that man need in him that he felt to provide for me and for us, you know. So with both of these things combined, ultimately what he was doing was blaming me, um, putting most of the blame on me or just ignoring me. And since I was really 
not talking to him anymore because of this. I didn't really know what to do with my time because we used to spend most of our free time together and I didn't really know what to do with myself now that we weren't. So by some seriously crazy twists of fate, I found myself looking up Wayne Dyer books at the library and reading them because I had seen a Broadway performer named Sierra Bagues say that Wayne Dyer had changed her life and I wanted what she had. She just seemed to always be glowing, always be happy. So I was willing to do whatever she said to try and make it work for me too. And one common theme that seemed to emerge through all the books that I was reading, because I started with Wayne Dyer's and then I continued to branch out, that even if they weren't centered around minimalism, the one theme I kept seeing was this releasing of our attachment to things detaching ourselves from stuff, how we are bigger than our items. We are bigger than the image that we project to the world. And I realized in one split moment, that was many tiny moments leading up to it, that I had been desperately using stuff to portray a better image of me to the world. What I had been inadvertently doing was trying to be a version of me that I believed was better, who I better than who I actually was. I realized that a thought I had, a thought that was probably so quick in the moment that I didn't even realize I had it was, this house will make me seem more legit. People will believe me more as a photographer if they come to this house. And people would say things like, this house has perfect stairs for prom photos. And I would be like, yes, finally, I am the mom who has a good location for prom pictures. Me, this girl from a trailer park, like I have the big house with the beautiful staircase. I never thought this would be me. The clothes I wore, again, without realizing it, because our thoughts move so fast, I would buy those like chunky necklaces that were trendy back in like the 2010s. And I actually hate those necklaces. I didn't like them then. I don't like them now. But other people who I liked and admired and had deemed better than myself, they were all wearing those chunkly necklaces. So I bought them. I bought those trendy scarves that made me feel like I was drowning because other beautiful women wore them. So there I sat in my big, olive-colored, oversized reading chair with a book in my hand that I believe was Wayne Dyer. And I just shut the book, went upstairs, grabbed a garbage bag on the way. I went into my closet and I looked up at the rows of clothing that I had and I asked myself, okay, what are the items I always reach for but never let myself wear? Because at the time, I lived by those tiny, stupid little mindsets that a lot of us women live by. Like, oh, I can't wear that. I just wore that recently. Oh, you know what? I should really wear this shirt because I just bought it and I haven't worn it yet. So instead of making up bullshit excuses, I asked myself, self, (laughs) what are the things you want to wear? What are those things that you keep reaching for? So I grabbed those items. It was mostly black and white, loose-fitting, open-neck shirts, and American Eagle jeans. I at least knew my jean style at this point. Thank you to my flat butt for making me hunt for good jeans in my teen years. Then I did one more round through my closet asking myself, okay, what goes with these items? Like I kept a purple zip up hoodie and I knew, okay, I have to make sure I have tank top that goes under this, that type of thing. And after that, 
I just started stuffing. I started stuffing everything else into the garbage bag and I know I still hung on to some stuff, like maybe a favorite scarf, the one that I didn't absolutely hate wearing, and one chunky necklace, the one that matched maybe the dress that I kept, things like that. Let's take a quick pause because I want to tell you about a workshop that I just signed on to do for the month of October. It's a 10-week workshop that's being hosted by my friend Jen from the podcast your parenting mojo. The workshop is called Taming Your Triggers and it is designed to help parents understand why it is that we get so mad at some of the things that our kids do because most of the time there are some underlying reasons that we haven't yet addressed. If you are a parent who is also on an internal healing journey, I highly recommend joining Jen for her totally free masterclass called How to Tame Your Triggers Around Your Child's Difficult Behavior. Doing this type of work is something that I have been working at for years and I cannot tell you how excited I am to have a group of people who are committed to doing the same. And you can get started totally free by signing up in the show notes. The reason I did this wasn't because I had read a book that said cleaning my house would be so relieving or because I bought into one more organizational blog post about how to keep things clean I had tried all of that shit and none of it worked for me anyway. What I was doing here, going through my closet and decluttering all of my things, was trying to get rid of any fake images I had been conveying to the world. I was on a hunt to find myself and I had no idea just how revolutionary this would be for me. I kept at it. I kept at it for so long, for so many years. I have told the story a thousand times about how after my grandma died, I went to my mom's house to declutter her stuff, which I later realized just gave me something to do, something to distract myself from my inner pain of the loss of my grandma. Um, but more hurt just kept coming. Like I was able to get through the loss of my grandma. You know, I kind of kept myself busy by clearing through my mom's stuff, but that wasn't the end. You know, my stepdad was diagnosed with terminal cancer soon after. Tom's uncle passed away. Our marriage kept struggling. Then my son got sick. Then my stepdad died from cancer after his three-year battle, and I cared for him in his final days. And I am telling you, when you are helping the six-foot-plus tall man who raised you from age two to ten suddenly get weak, and you're feeding him, and you're helping him go to the bathroom, everything just feels wrong. And you're young. And he's young. And when you get there, he was eating candy. And then three days later, he's not talking anymore. And you're listening to him breathe instead of sleep at night because you don't know if he's going to stop breathing. Like those things are traumatizing. <laughs> that shit hurts. And when I came home, I had already decluttered all my stuff. And I've already cleared the entire house. And there was nothing left to distract me. So I sunk into the deepest depression I have ever experienced in my life. And I am so thankful for it. I can look back now on hard times in my life, not just this time, but every other hard time before and since, not since, just before. I can look back on those hard times in my life and see where I shoved feelings down where I powered on instead of feeling in, where I distracted myself with shopping instead of asking why the hell I was so unhappy in the first place. In the letting go of my stuff, 
I did a lot of letting go of those shoved down feelings too. I faced them head on. I learned to see why I held on to certain things, what things I held on to for the wrong reasons and why. And then there was nothing else to let go of. No other physical things for me to let go of. Nothing to donate and no choice but to just feel instead of shoving it down. I refused to distract myself with something new. No shopping, no drinking, nothing like that. Losing my stepdad broke me open. It was truly like I imagine a bunch of holes being punched into the Hoover Dam. (laughs) And it was like the loss of him finally broke the dam. It felt like every last piece of junk that had been stuck inside me was released slowly and steadily, but released nonetheless. Now I feel everything. I don't have highs and lows. I am just genuinely content 99.9% of the time. And it all started in that closet. It all started by just letting go. Letting go and letting God. This was something I heard so much growing up, but I didn't know how to do it and I didn't really understand it. So my basic idea was like, okay, I'll just like speak a prayer toward the sky. Like I'm really struggling with this blank. And I would just like hope that God would hear me. And then you know, I'd figured I'll just keep stressing and panicking down here like we mortals do. But it's actually letting go. Letting go of the stuff you don't want to let go of. Whether that be a pair of shoes or the anger and resentment that you have toward your parents, it's letting go of the belief that worrying enough will somehow help you shape your destiny or that carrying around bitterness forever is going to somehow punish the people who wronged you, who hurt you. It's letting go of the clothes that you wear for other people. It's letting go of the belief that you need to do anything for other people. It's letting go and trusting and it's mother effing hard, but I quite literally could never go back. So people might hear this and think, oh my gosh, that sounds like so much work. No way. That's too scary. That's too hard. And I get it. It is all of those things, but I'm realizing how conditional my happiness was before I learned to let go. I could only be happy if all of the conditions were perfect, if the weather was perfect, if no one said anything wrong or looked at me weird. Happiness was conditional on a thing, on a house, on people, and now my happiness just is. You couldn't pay me to go backward to a place where I might fit in better because I could casually laugh with a group of women about the obscene amounts of money I spent on Amazon and I could fit in with all of them all while panicking in the back of my mind about the credit card debt that I was racking up. You couldn't pay me to go back to a place where I stored up all of my anger so well that it wound up being spewed out at the people that I love the most. Although I still struggle with that from time to time because hashtag still human. This is why minimalism for me is what I talk about. I've recently decided it's, I'm spiritual minimalist. It's spiritual minimalism. It's healing. It's therapy. It's self-realization and self-detachment. Not only getting to know who you are on a deeper level, but also letting go of who you've been. So when I say it's not about the stuff, this is what I mean. When I say that minimalism transformed me from the outside in, this is what I mean. It's a backwards way of doing it. But 
Can you imagine trying to just dive right into all of our ick feelings first? What if going through the physical process of letting go of physical things first is really the key? Because it definitely was the key for me. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on the Unstuffed podcast today. And don't think that the party ends here. You can always check the show notes for the latest goodies and freebies that are always available to you. And don't forget, I love hearing from you guys. If you are enjoying the Unstuffed podcast, it would mean so much to me if you would take the time to leave a review so that I can hear from you too. Until next time, take a deep breath, let go of anything that has been slowing you down, and I will see you here next week.